But we're going to keep saying that over and over again. <laughs> and we're back. We're back. <laughs> and we're back. We're back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I thought that was kind of cool. That... But what is the subject? Oh, our subject. The biggest misconception? Or the Yeah, the biggest misconception. Uh, drunk Mexican? <laughs> drunk white people? Hola y bienvenidos. I'm your host. Vico. And I am Obi. And we are Those Two Mexicans. And we're back. Yeah, from a very, very long hiatus. Very long. Six months. Yeah, six months. We weren't planning on doing a break, but I got sick. Yeah, we were li- really looking forward to bringing a lot of content during the uh, holiday season. But, but due happen. to unforeseen circumstances. I got sick. Yeah, hope you got sick. He was in the hospital for about a week and a half. But two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. But it wiped you out. Yeah, I was out of it for two months. Yeah, bedridden for one month. Yeah, pretty much. And then slowly recovering that second month. Mm-hmm. And so, then playing video games for the rest of the time. Yeah, so you got sick in November. You didn't start feeling yourself until the end of February, actually. Yeah, so, so here we're we here. Uh, we were kind of going back and forth if we were going to continue to do this or not. But I spent a lot of money on the equipment, <laughs> so we're going to put it to use. Yeah, and then also, too, we have a much better setup, actually. Yeah, we redid our little recording room. Yeah, we have a we have an extra room and we made it into like a little playroom, recording room. I want to say playroom. Oh, it's not playroom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like See? a sex room. <laughs> so we turned our um, we turned our spare bedroom or a guest bedroom into into a recording studio. So no more guests. Not that we really have had any guests. We had a few people. We had one. Oh, no, no, no. We've, we've we had like several. four, huh? We hosted all our LA friends that would come to visit. Yeah, that cat's eating your uh, headphones. Sorry for that. If you hear any background noises, that's our cat. <laughs> he must be present. He's our producer. <laughs> so what do we have in store for today? We're going to finish recording this episode. And then uh, at six o'clock, I want to watch the... Uh, it's not an, an official State of the Union, but uh, the president, uh, Joe Biden... How, how do you say it? Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Joe Biden <laughs> uh, is going to be talking to Congress. So I'm actually looking forward to that. Ooh, nothing is more riveting than watching the president fall asleep on national <laughs> television. <laughs> so, all right. So, we also have a holiday coming up next week. Yeah. Drunko de Mayo. As the white boys say, Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Or as we say it, Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> So we're going to use the same format that we've been using. We're going to tell you a little bit about the history of the holiday. Nothing too in-depth. Just kind of kind of like a Cliff Notes version of it. We like our Cliff Notes. And we are going to do a little trivia like we always do. These won't be, it won't be a top 10 list, but it will be a trivia okay. list. So maybe you know these things. Maybe you don't. You'll learn something either way. And so here we go. Today's episode is brought to you by Skillshare. <laughs> what the hell's that? That's what everybody does. Okay, we're we're, we're not bringing you by Skillshare, by the way. Yeah. We don't have a sponsor. We don't hint, have a sponsor, hint. so 
Yeah, I don't think we have enough listeners. Two listeners isn't enough to make it. Yeah. But if anybody would like to contribute to our podcast fund, we would appreciate it. Just give us a call. And I'm saying give us a call, call. because our two listeners actually know us. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here we go. Cinco de Mayo. What do we? What do you know about Cinco de Mayo? Honestly, besides Taco Bell, not okay. Not to be all shady or anything like that, but I've actually always thought I didn't. I didn't really think it had anything to do with Mexico. I thought it was more of an American thing. Honestly, the only thing that I know about Cinco de Mayo is just a bunch of white people cultural appropriating it and getting drunk, kind of like St. Patrick's Day, I guess, in a way. Yeah, um, but I and I say that because I've experienced that personally. I'm not trying to like come at anyone or anything like that. But I've growing up, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was just an American well, you know, holiday. You're not that far off because when I was doing my research uh-huh. on the internet, oh, internet, I did a search on Cinco de Mayo, and I wanted to look at some images and see what was available there. And you'd be surprised. I ran into a lot of Frito Banditos. <laughs> if you know who Frito Bandito is, then you're our age. Yeah. If you don't know what Frito Bandito is. Look it up. Look it up. It's really easy. <laughs> uh, I also came across a lot of Speedy Gonzalez. I laugh, but it's not a good thing. It's not a good image, but it's, well, it's what's been adopted. Right. But uh, actually, Cinco de Mayo has a, a, a really interesting story. And I say interesting in terms of how it relates to us living here in America because all you history buffs out there who love American history, um, the Civil War in the 1800s, we all know what that one was about. Yes. North versus the South, slavery, Slavery, all of that. And a lot of people kind of wonder what what history would have been like had the South won. It would be a very important different united states that we'd be living in almost like today really (laughs) right when you think about it i mean i i have often wondered what america would be like if it didn't have if the south had won well not only that but also the whole colonization of the americas i've always wondered but a lot of the outcome of the american civil war is thanks a big thanks to mexico actually Mm. and that's where cinco de mayo comes in mexico I'll give you a little history lesson, a really brief history lesson on what was going on in Mexico at the time. So La Reforma is Mexico's civil war. It happened uh, between 1858 and 1860 after the Mexican-American War, which happened in 1846 through 1848. So La Reforma was, like I said, was a civil war between the Mexican liberals and the conservatives. The liberals wanted to limit the Catholic Church's power as well as the army's powers. The Catholic Church and the army were protected by the corporate conservatives, and they wanted to keep it that way. What the liberals wanted to do is wanted to create a separate state, which eventually resulted in the Civil War, or La Reforma. And even though the liberals won, the conservatives were still around even after that victory. And so that's where we get all the events that happened right after that. Uh, The conservatives wanted to install a European-style monarchy and conspired with the French to install the next emperor, which turned out to be Maximilian I, as ruler of Mexico, despite the victorious defeat of the French in 1862. That's crazy. Which brings us to the topic of today, the Battle of Puebla. What do you know about the, the Battle of Puebla? I don't know anything. But do you think that the liberals and conservatives of like that time were 
equivalent, I guess, to what we see today in America? Probably. Yeah. Ask Pelosi and McConnell. They were there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, okay. (laughs) So with that little bit of context, we can move on to what actually happened at the Battle of Puebla. Okay. All right. So there was a lot of shady shit happening in Europe while all this war was going on. When Benito Juarez was elected president of, uh, in Mexico, he was forced to suspend payments of interest to any foreign debts for two years. So Spain, France, and England got together to form the Tripartite Alliance, where they planned an allied invasion of Mexico, making sure that Mexican that the Mexican government would then be forced to pay back its debts. However, France was being a little sneaky and was using this alliance as an excuse to forcefully invade Mexico. The tripartite alliance quickly fell apart in spring of 1862 when uh, Spain and England withdrew from Mexico after peaceful negotiating agreements with Benito Juarez and after realizing that France wanted to impose very harsh demands on the country. So France was left alone to invade Mexico. So who was Benito Juarez, the president of Mexico of that time? He was the the good George Washington of Mexico. He was the first president. Of Mexico? Of Mexico. Oh, okay. So now we have the French attacking the Mexican army led by Ignacio Zaragoza, an experienced military general with no formal military training. They are defeated by the French in April of 1862, and they retreat to Puebla to regroup. It's interesting to note that the French army was led by Charles de Lorenze, who had lots of experience having fought in the Crimean War. The Mexican army led by Zaragoza was mostly made up of inexperienced patriots who sympathized with Juarez. What they lacked in training and experience, they made up in passion and desire to serve their country. But that doesn't mean that they weren't good at what they did. They had just won a battle against the conservatives during the Reforma using conventional and guerrilla-style warfare, and their victory had raised their morale. So on May 5th of that year, the Cinco de Mayo, Lorence attacks Fort Guadalupe on the outskirts of the city of Puebla. It was a poorly timed attack. They started late in the day and used their artillery to bombard the fort, hoping to weaken the structure and then, at- and then attack. However, the fort held mostly because Laurentier positioned himself too far from the target. The Mexican army was able to attack from above and the sides forcing the French to retreat for the moment. That first attack was made from the north. The second attack on Guadalupe came from the east. The French once again began their second bombardment on the fort and this time they came very close to winning. They actually were able to climb the walls of the fort and raise the tricolor flag in victory. But that quickly came to an end when the Mexican fighters grabbed hold of the flag and ripped it apart. This victory was led by forces under the direction of Porfirio Diaz. But Lorance would not give up. Even with depleted ammunition, and they really didn't have any, they launched a third and final attack. Again, the Mexican army fought hard and with the help of wet weather, they forced the French into a final retreat. And that was pretty much the battle. Oh, wow. While they were able to win, though, they the French still continued their march forward to Mexico City because they wanted to capture the um they wanted to capture Mexico City and and install a puppet monarchy mm-hmm. so that they can have a little bit of more control and that way they would be able to then later move north and invade the United States. Oh. But what is significant about the battle is that by the end of Lorenzo's attack on Puebla. He had been forced to use up all of his reserves. That's a total of 8,000 soldiers. On the other end, the Mexican army that was able to force the French into retreat 
was made up of only 4,000 men. Damn. Yeah, they really fought hard. Which brings us to the American Civil War. Had Mexico not defeated the French at the Battle of Puebla on Cinco de Mayo of 1862, France would have helped the Confederate States of America during the American Civil War. If that had happened, we would be living in a totally different America today. Dang. Was the army big? Was the Confederate army big? But I'm not saying that they would help fight. I think what they meant was that they would be able to give them the artillery and ammunition that they needed to fight. Uh, because I think in the Civil War, they didn't have... The, the South really pretty much lost because they didn't have the weapons or the ammunition they needed to fight against the North. So on May 9th, 1862, President Juarez declared Cinco de Mayo a national holiday to be known as Battle of Cinco de Mayo or Battle of Puebla Day. And that's how... We get Cinco de Mayo as a holiday. And that concludes our brief history lesson. <laughs> so is there a di- so is there a difference between Mexico the way Me- the way Mexico celebrates versus the United States? Yeah, there is actually. Primarily it's that Mexico doesn't celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Oh. But um the way Mexico does celebrate if they do, it's it's very low key. It's a low key celebration. It's not, you right, know, right, where everybody right. comes together. It's a day of military remembrance, not necessarily a day of drinking. <laughs> Mexican celebrations tend to center around that historical event with military parades and recreations of the battle. Oh, wow. Just like how the South <laughs> recreates. No, it's more like the... Well, yeah. Is it the South that re- recreates? Well, don't they do that at Wilming, Wilmington? Uh, or I don't know. Over there in Washington, D.C. No, because... Anyways, those reenactments... Yeah, the there's war reenactors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's war cool. reenactors. They have they they have war reenactors in Mexico too. Uh, oh, that's awesome. So that's how they celebrate it, as opposed to being a commercialized holiday with mm. corporate sponsors and beer companies. But we'll get to that in a minute. It is mostly a regional holiday, primarily celebrated in Puebla de los Angeles, where the battle took place. Not to be confused with L.A. This is in Mexico, right? Yeah, Puebla yeah. de los Angeles is the name of the town. It is not celebrated in any other parts of Mexico, though some Mexico cities do hold smaller celebrations to commemorate the event. It is not a national holiday, as we already stated. And so how does that differ from the way America celebrates it? All right. So here we go. (laughs) The origin of the celebration here in the United States actually began as soon as the battle was won in Mexico. Hmm. It's been said that when Mexican miners as far north as Columbia, California, that's up in central California, when they heard the uh, the victory of Pue- at Puebla, they celebrated by shooting off their rifles and setting off fireworks. Oh, okay. So once they got the news that that happened, Mexicans so what, here in California celebrated. So what, what I wonder what uh, Columbia is, or what is that now? Some... It's still a town. It's a historical little town in, in oh, really? central California. Oh. It's where the miners were okay. when they were gold digging in the 1800s. Right. Okay. That's one of, those, one of the towns there. Oh. So Cinco de Mayo began its celebration in California, and it's been observed annually since 1863. Oh, wow. Yeah. In the 1960s, a Mexican-American youth appropriated the holiday as a way to build Mexican-American pride. The Chicanos? The Chicanos. Well, for civil rights, right? The civil rights. And then mostly here in, in, well, not here. We don't live in California anymore. Mostly in Southern California 
which is one of the bigger areas that celebrates Cinco de Mayo. Oh, I see. Uh, so today it is mostly used as an excuse to throw a party, drink, and dress up in stereotypical Mexican cliches. And that's what you should not do. That makes sense to me because of growing up here and why I thought that it was more of an American holiday because if we grew up in Southern California, so I knew of it and I didn't yeah, I didn't know that it, that celebrations began in California. I do remember growing up and Cinco de Mayo was like a big thing. Yeah, it was I so, mean, yeah. I remember as far back as first grade. Yeah. Where we would yeah. dress up in um, traditional Mexican garb. I know that because my mom used to sew. Uh-huh. And she used to make the uh, folklorico dresses. Oh. <laughs> and I, I want to, if my memory serves me correctly, our school was mostly, there was a lot of Mexicanos there. Okay. My teacher, my first grade teacher was Mexican. Okay. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why our classroom really got oh, into it because okay, um, okay. I remember my mom would make the dresses. Right. And we would do a little out in the quad. We would do a little dance. No a shit. little Mexican dance. Oh, with, wow. Uh, you know, with the traditional folklorico dresses and stuff. And then we'd have food. Oh, so I, wow. I remember. So, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's a celebration. But if you really notice it, it was, it was initiated by my Mexican teacher. Uh-huh. So I don't think if I would have if it would have been with another because I know that later on in the years as I started growing up we would still have the Cinco de Mayo celebrations but my teachers who were white for the most part we never it was kind of a it was in passing right. it was okay. just mentioned right, and right. It's like oh this is happening and then we would move on yeah but yeah it was I mean it was recognized but for me the most it, the most vivid was doing that we I remember even doing a one of the traditional Aztec dances oh with whoa. full costume and everything. Oh, crazy. It was, really, it, was, it was fun. It was fun. So by the 1980s, the holiday became commercialized in a big way as alcohol companies used it to gain new customers, especially since the demographic was shifting to a younger Latinos and untapped market. Okay. Yeah, so, by the eight, so by the 80s, the uh, big corporations got wind of the celebration and they said, hey, this is a great way to make money. And yeah. we'll target it to the Latinos who are already celebrating it anyway. Were they sell? Were they targeting it to the Latinos, or were they sell? Or were they targeting it to the the white? Well, I mean, audience or the. White. I know that some of the, uh, the beer companies were using like Dos Equis uh-huh. and um, Corona beer okay. to um, to promote the holiday, kind of tie it into Mexican culture. And of course, you know, as, as Latinos, we're watching TV and we're like, oh, you know, there's the Corona being advertised and. So yeah, it would it would eventually get to the Mexicanos, okay, who were consuming these products as well. So then it became a big thing. The commercials were all very Mexican style with the sombreros and the sarapes. Before we go, I want to stress to everyone out there listening, what Cinco de Mayo is not. Okay. What do you think it's what what, what do you think the number one Well, thing I is? mean, if I don't dress up like a fucking leprechaun for St. Patty's Day, so I'm hoping that nobody dresses up like a fucking Mexican. Um, <laughs> but you know they do. <laughs> but that's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking is, what do you think the biggest misconception of Cinco de Mayo is? The biggest misconception? Or the Yeah, the biggest misconception. Uh, drunk Mexicans? No. Drunk white people? What do they think Cinco de Mayo is? A Mexican. 
it is not Mexican Independence Day. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. Because most people, when they think Cinco de Mayo, they think Mexican Independence Day, but that is not what it yeah, is. Yeah, Mexican Independence Day is in September. September, September 16th, actually. Right. So the state of Puebla, where the uh, battle took place, holds the International Mole Festival each year as part of the Cinco de Mayo festivities. Oh. No mole, um where the mole of honor is a mole poblano, oh. which uses a version of the sauce that originated in Puebla. Oh. That's really good mole, too. Uh, it is celebrated in countries around the world. I bet you didn't know that. No, I did not know that. Mostly in bars with Mexican food and mariachi music playing in the background. Okay. Kind of like St. Patrick's Day. Right, right, okay. You know, But some countries hold some very weird events for Cinco de Mayo. Oh. It's like, it's hard for me to make the connection, but this is what they do and it's popular. So are you going to say like what countries? Yeah. Okay. So Canada. Okay. Canada celebrates it. Same thing. Bars. I, I did hear that. I did but hear that. I Canada. bet you didn't know this. To celebrate Cinco de Mayo, they hold a skydiving event in honor of the holiday. A skydiving yep, event? Yep. There's even a website for it. Whoa. I know. Skydiving in Mexicans. Uh, oh, yeah. They go hand in hand. Mm, okay. The Cayman Islands in the Caribbean, uh-huh. they hold an air guitar contest each year. Oh, that's cool. I have air a friend guitar that, competition. I have a friend that lives in the Cayman Islands. Ask him if he's ever... I'll ask her. Or ask her if she's ever participated in the Cinco de Mayo air guitar competition. Oh, wow. I bet she'll, she's heard of it. All right. Uh, most other countries just hold festivities to celebrate Mexican culture. Countries such as Australia, New Zealand... England, also South Africa, Nigeria, Japan, and yes, even France celebrates it. I wonder what they celebrate. They lost, right? (laughs) Well, they did lose, but they didn't because then later on they were able to conquer Mexico. Because two years later after the Battle of Puebla, they moved on to Mexico City and they were able to install their puppet monarch, Maximilian, in 1864. And so they were under Mexican rule. Oh, yeah, yeah. From 1864, which led to the Mexican Revolution yeah, in that's the, what 1900s, the Mer- Yeah, that's what the Mexican Revolution Which is the independence from, from France. France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, history oh, starts shit. to make sense. All right, Los Angeles holds the biggest Cinco de Mayo celebration. It's called Fiesta Broadway, and it's been celebrated there since the 1990s. Oh, wow. You ever heard of it? We never went, but I always remember Fiesta Broadway over on um, Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> Down by the Mayan, actually, the Mayan club. Oh, right, right. Remember, that's where they held the first gay, Latin, gay, Latin, gay, what's it called? Pride. Pride. Yeah, Pride. Latin Pride or Latin Gay Pride. Latin Pride. Latin Gay Pride. Yeah. Which didn't take off. Yeah, it didn't, huh? Nope. More margaritas are sold on this day than any other day. I think I read that the statistics say that it's something like 80% of margarita sales are on Cinco de Mayo. Except for last year. <laughs> Why not last year? Um, twenty twenty. I would think they would be the drinking pandemic. That probably they'd be drinking even more. Well, I mean, maybe in their own house. Yeah. But not like in a bar situation because everything was closed. That's true. So last year took a dip. Speaking of dip, good segue. Oh. Did you know that the biggest day for avocado sales is also Cinco de Mayo? No shit. Yep. Why? Well, think about it. You just said dip. Oh, for welcome. Oh, <laughs> Dumbass. Yeah. Okay. So that's. Oh, I love me guacamole. Though. Yeah. 
or we should have oh I, we had to make guacamole in the little the little fucking thing oh, that the i bought molcajete? The, yeah the yeah we bought a molcajete yeah you bought it for that white at white people prices well I'm, whatever it was it was shut up <laughs> We could have gone over to La Fiesta over there and uh, bought it for bought like, it 10 for like $10. Bucks. And instead, you paid like 10 times that. Okay. But it's a nice one, though. It is a nice Although one. Although it doesn't look really authentic. Uh, well, you know why? Why? Because it's clean. It hasn't been used. You have to season it. Okay. Because you're seasoning. It fucking says on the directions before you use it, you need to season it. Just how like a cast iron, mm-hmm. you can't you you need to season your cast iron before you can. Maybe use that should it. be a next episode. How to keep your cast iron and your morcajete. Maybe we should post a picture of it. Oh I'll put, yeah, I'll put we'll it put up on Facebook. <laughs> I mean, and let us know Instagram. if it's worth the tons of money that you paid. <laughs> Actually, it is. You know why? Because not only is it a morcajete. But it also is a tortilla warmer. Yeah, which you can get at a dollar store for a dollar. <laughs> but it's pretty. It, it is. It's a little box, like a like a, a not. We'll, a little, so we'll have pictures up. So it's a little decorative see. basket. Yeah, it's cute. It's, it's, it's cute. Nice. It is cute. It's, cu- it's cool. I don't know if it was worth that money. Oh but shit! Shut All up. Right. So there you have it, people. There you Cinco have it. Cinco de Mayo, last you've Drunco never seen it before. de Mayo. Let us know how you're gonna celebrate. I don't yeah. know how, because we don't have anywhere where you can connect with us. <laughs> how do we do that? What? So people can make comments. I don't know. Find us on Twitter. Twitter. We're on Twitter. On Twitter? And on uh, Instagram. We are on Twitter? Yeah, we have a Twitter account. Oh, okay. It's those two Mexicans. Oh, that's right. We never use it. I use it all the time. Have you been posting? Yes. Okay. Uh, and then also we have an Instagram account as well that you can uh, drop them DMs. Uh, those two Mexicans? Yeah, those two Mexicans. And of course our Facebook page. I'm old school, so most of my posts are going to be on fa- on our Facebook page. So I'll post our pictures there. I'll send them to you so you can post them on the other sites. Yeah, I'll do it. You're more the Instagrammer than I am. Oh, okay. So yeah. There you go. So. What? What do we have coming up next week? Next week, actually, we have a lot of things that are going to kind of cross with this episode because you talked about uh, Porfirio Diaz. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to mention him. And also, I'm also going to mention Maximilian. Or what is it? Maximilian. Maximilian. Max- no, he wasn't Maximiliano no, because he wasn't Mexican. Yeah, Maximilian. Maximilian the first. Maximilian the first. Who was Hungarian? Um, who was uh, Belgium. Belgian, okay. He's Belgian. <clears throat> Belgium or Belgian? Belgium. Belgian. Okay, yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. That... But what is the subject? Oh, our subject for next week, stay tuned, is a really interesting, I think, subject. It's called El Baile de los 41. Have you ever heard of it? I haven't, but I know what 41 means in Spanish. What does it mean? 41. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, actually, actually, I have a story. I had a friend who was from Mexico City. He didn't speak any English and I spoke really bad Spanish, but we would what, talk about really? and that 41 would always come up and right. he would always laugh. And I once I asked him, what do you laugh when you say 41? And he said, because in Mexico, 41 means um, Joto. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. that's, how I knew, that's all I knew about 41. No. So there's uh, not to give away too much because we want you guys to listen to uh, next week's episode as well. It was a huge escándalo that happened in, Me- in Mexico in the 1900s. That kind of pretty much shaped Mexico's history in terms of uh, homosexuality in Mexico. So, all right. So find us next week. Next week, same time, same channel. Thursday. Oh, May sixth. May sixth. 
So if you're hungover. Yeah, <laughs> listen to our podcast. All right. That's it. So enjoy your Cinco de Mayo. That's it. Enjoy your Cinco de Mayo. Don't get too drunk. Which I don't think you can because there's still a pandemic. Wear your mask. Yeah, but people are still going to get drunk. Peace. See ya. You have been listening to Those Two Mexicans. Don't be that person and miss any of our episodes. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts at Those Two Mexicans. And follow us on Spotify, Instagram, and Twitter at Those Two Mexicans. And you can also email us at Those Two Mexicans at gmail.com. And in case we haven't been clear, we are Those Those Two Mexicans. Mexicans. See you next week. Hasta la próxima.